Hey there, everyone. Happy Friday. Uh, welcome to the show. You're watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling on January 20th. And as you guys know, on Fridays, we got two back-to-back -back shows to talk about WWE SmackDown and AEW Rampage. The majority of the show will be about SmackDown just because there's just so much more to talk about for that show. We do got a couple of items that occurred on AEW Rampage, but for the most part, our AEW Rampage review will kind of be a little bit faster just because there was only so much to talk about. But um, I'm excited, guys. This is going to be a fun weekend. I'm also wearing my uh, brand new, check it out, everyone. Um, I got the Mercedes Monet. I'm, I'm still Monet, Monet. Uh, <laughs> A t-shirt that uh, is the Sailor Moon version of the t-shirt. I got it. It looks great, right? I love it. This is a great t-shirt. And I tried to match up uh, the hair. Tried to, I tried that she has the hair differently on the t-shirt, but you know, Sasha has worn the little buns on. So I tried to kind of, you know, get in the vibe, try something different, try something new for these shows. Uh, so yeah, also tomorrow I am going to be making my hosting debut on Busted Open Radio. And so um, I literally have to be up at 3.30 a.m. tomorrow. It's not even funny. I'm going to be up at 3.30 a.m. tomorrow because the show starts at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. And for me, that's 6 a.m., but I have to be there an hour early for a meeting, which is 5 a.m. And I need at least an hour and a half to get ready and eat breakfast. So I need to be up tomorrow at 3.30 a.m. Uh, so I'm probably not going to do a super long show today, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. So for those of you who are wondering what I'm doing this weekend, that's the plan. But I'm really excited. I will be uh, hosting with Mark Henry, who you guys just saw here on uh, AW Rampage. I actually got to talk to Mark today. Uh, Kind of for the we we've met briefly before in the past, but this was the first time we actually had like a real conversation. So I'm really excited to see what our chemistry is like tomorrow on the show, and hopefully I do a good job because uh, it's a little bit of a different type of show. You know, they have a. Uh, 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 there's more technical stuff to be concerned with versus here. I come on, I log on and I go the whole hour through versus, you know, uh, on their radio show, you got, you know, breaks and stuff like that, but I'm really excited about it and hopefully I don't mess things up. So let's pray for me on that one. But um, let's see guys, let's get into um, SmackDown and let's run it through, man, because there's actually quite a bit to talk about on SmackDown. And there was so much that happened today with the bloodline. And I'm so excited because I got a brand new theory. I officially have a pick for something that people have been asking nonstop. So I'm a little bit, there was so much with the bloodline today. It weaved in through SmackDown throughout the entire show. We're going to recap it all at the top of this podcast. So let's get started because I have so much to talk about in regards to the bloodline. But we got a super chat here from uh, Darv Steven 777 Thank you so much for kicking us off. Uh, Steven says, fighting evil SRS by moonlight, winning love by daylight, never running from a real fight. She is the one named Sailor Denise. Good luck tomorrow. Man, thank you so much. For those of you who do not know, I love Sailor Moon. And that's why when I saw, and I know that Mercedes has always been a fan of Sailor Moon too. So um, so when I saw the shirt, I had to, had to get it. Um, but yeah, I do love Sailor Moon as well. Uh, thank you so much to Steven for sending in this super chat. Um, okay, so here we go. Um, also, for those of you guys who are wondering where you guys can listen to the Busted Open radio show, um, you can literally just like on any podcast platform, just like type it in Busted Open Radio and you can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts. Even if you just search on Twitter, then you can find the episode there. And I'll be sharing links as, and uh, links and stuff tomorrow as well uh, when I go live with Mark and whatnot. I'll be, I'll be, I'm gonna, it's going to be super early, but I will be posting links and all of that good stuff. Anyways, but let's dive in to SmackDown and let's talk about the bloodline because that really is the thing that I want to get into here today. So we went back and forth here, everyone, back and forth. They kind of had us thinking one thing and then another thing happened. And that's sort of been the gist of the bloodline story. And that's part of the reason why it's been so good is that they've been keeping you on the edge of your seat. You know, there was a period where we were all expecting for the bloodline to turn on Sami Zayn. And then, well, what if Sami Zayn turns on the bloodline? And 
now I feel like I've been going back and forth where I'm not entirely sure. And today I came up with a new theory that I'm going to share at the end of this recap. But we got a super chat here from Andrew Tam who says, hi, Denise, wanted to ask what day uh, you're leaving for the Rumble, uh, if you might share. Yes, I'm leaving for the Rumble on Thursday, on Thursday, that week. I'm leaving on Thursday. I'll get there at some point during the day on Thursday. Yeah, so that's when I arrive and then I come back. God, when do I come back? The day after the Rumble. I'll be back on Monday. Uh, so thank you so much for asking. I'll be there trying to get as much coverage as I possibly can. So we'll see how that goes. Okay, so let's talk about the bloodline and what happened. So as I said to earlier, they weaved in and out of SmackDown. So there's kind of a lot of ground to cover. So the first thing that we saw was they rolled up, they opened up the show with them uh, all coming in in their fancy cars and the Usos get out, Paul Heyman gets out, Sami Zayn gets out, Roman Reigns, all of them. And Sami is so pumped. Sami's being Sami. He's doing his special handshakes with the Usos. And, you know, he's really vibing, feeling himself. Roman Reigns gets out of the car and then he tries to go in and give Roman Reigns a fist bump. But Roman Reigns, this is... Sammy Zayn. He disses the honorary Ooze man. Um, frick. So at this point, I'm thinking, no, every time. And this is why the storyline has also been so good because you care about these people. You care about the characters that you're seeing. Um, Sammy Zayn, when he's sad, I'm sad. When he's happy, I'm happy. He's very good at I don't know what it is. It's just this natural thing that he has and why the character is so good because you can easily uh, feel for Sami Zayn, right? Like he's a very relatable character. And so Sami Zayn goes in for the fist bump on Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns denies him and disses him. And you're thinking, and Sami Zayn just has like this very shocked face. And as a viewer, I'm like, God damn it, Roman. God damn it. What now? What now? Because... The events that unfolded last week on SmackDown, it was Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. And the whole thing was that supposedly um, none of the members of the bloodline were going to be there because Sami Zayn was on his own and Roman Reigns had asked for him to defeat Kevin Owens all on his own. But then the Usos basically ended up costing the match for Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn was the one that he was he looked upset at the end of the night which he rightfully should have been upset at the end of uh, uh of Smackdown but then but then you know they closed it off and everything was fine right but when Roman Reigns later so after this after he gets dissed there's a later scene where they're backstage and it's just Paul Heyman Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Now, I also want to make sure to shout out uh, the production on this because this was really nice in terms of how they set this up to really stage the mood and also to put over, how do I explain this? As we know, Roman Reigns, head of the table, tribal chief, yada, yada. The way that they positioned them on the camera, you had Roman Reigns who was very, very like up close, right? And then you had Paul Heyman who was in the far back right behind Roman Reigns and then Sami Zayn behind him as well. So nobody was, you know, on par with the same at the same level as Roman Reigns. So I kind of like little things like that in terms of production, because I think it tells uh, a little bit more of the story in terms of who's in charge and what's going on. And it just adds more power to Roman Reigns, the way little things like that, they work, right? So we get this backstage segment and Roman Reigns is uh, pissed off at Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn tells him like, you know, I kind of felt like you gave me the cold shoulder earlier and I want to know if there's something wrong. What did I do? Why are you upset with me? Why didn't you want a fist bump with me? And Roman Reigns basically tells him that he's upset at him based on the fact that he saw the way that Sami Zayn was uh, at the end of SmackDown, that he saw the way that Sami Zayn seemed to be upset. And Roman Reigns essentially didn't like that. And he tells Sami Zayn, like, be straight up with me. And then this is where Sami Zayn fucks up. So Sami Zayn messes up here because he mentions Kevin Owens and he mentions like he's going on about how he's basically trying to get back on the good graces of Roman Reigns right but along this along all of this he ends up mentioning Kevin Owens and 
the second he mentioned Kevin Owens, it was like the tensions just got really, really high in the room. And Roman Reigns snapped. He snapped and he's like, get out, get out get out now this and that he doesn't want to see him he wants Sami Zayn out the door and this was really really good because to me this was funny because the way that Roman Reigns is acting with when he hears the mention of Kevin Owens's name because it to me it's it's funny it's and I tweeted this out it's almost like you're on a date with someone new right and they keep talking about their ex you're going to get pissed. You're going to get annoyed. And to me, Roman Reigns was like the new girlfriend. And Sami Zayn was like the boyfriend that keeps mentioning his ex and the ex being Kevin Owens. And so that had this whole, that was the whole vibe for this. Okay. So that's where we kind of start things off. Then this ends with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn not on the same page. Okay. But then later on, Paul Heyman, uh, the wise man, wise man of Roman Reigns decides to kind of tell him like, hey, you know what? Given that we're going into this match with you and Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble and you're about to do this contract signing, maybe it's better that Sami Zayn actually is, you know, kept on our side. We should keep him on our side. So basically, Roman Reigns calls back Sami Zayn and mends things with him and tells him, you know what? I had a temper. Uh, I know that you just want an open line of communication. So they end on good terms, okay? Good terms. This all leads to Roman saying that all he wants is the same amount of love and loyalty that he gives, that he puts out. He wants that in return. And, and this goes back to the ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend situation where she just wants to be loved. Stop talking about your ex-girlfriend and give her some love. Um, that's what this whole thing was to me. But anyways, so Roman Reigns says all of that to Sami Zayn. And Sami's basically saying, I'm going to do everything possible that I can. Uh, my best interests are in the bloodline and I will do anything you want me to do. And Roman tells him, okay, fine. Go find the Usos, go call the pilots. And as soon as we're done with this contract signing, we're out the door. The contract signing comes. Kevin Owens ends up attacking Roman Reigns, putting him through a table. Everyone's shocked. Uh, Sami Zayn runs out, but he runs out too late. And it basically ends, uh, SmackDown ends with Kevin Owens um, basically off in the crowd. So that was the whole thing that we got here. With that being said, there's a lot to unpack. I, so I mentioned earlier that I had gone back and forth in terms of Sammy turning on the bloodline, the bloodline turning on Sammy, blah, 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 right? We've gone back and forth. I have a new theory. And I haven't really worked out the details of this theory, but it hit me today. And I think the reason it hit me today was because there just seems to be a lot of moments between Paul Heyman and Sammy Zayn. There's just a lot going on between those two. And history has told has taught us we shouldn't really be trusting Paul Heyman at all times. Now, again, I haven't worked out all the details of my theory here, but I think that Paul Heyman might secretly be in cahoots with Sami Zayn. Let it let it soak in just a bit, because I know I'm so, some of you are probably like, what the f is she talking about? Guys. I have a gut feeling. I have a gut feeling that there's more going on with Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn than we might know of. I don't know what this means, but my gut is telling me there's something there. And I wouldn't be surprised if what if Paul Heyman just aligns himself instead with Sami Zayn? I don't know, guys. Maybe he's secretly helping him. I don't know. That's the vibe that I got here today. So I'm curious to see what you guys think about this. And then the other thing, and this one I think is going to be an interesting topic too. A lot of people have been asking me, um, who is my pick for the Royal Rumble, for the men's Rumble? And I kept saying, I don't have a pick yet. I'm not sold yet. I don't know. I just didn't really have my pick yet. Based on, so, Based on 
everything that's been going on, this whole story with the bloodline, I know a lot of us were thinking that it was going to be Roman. And there's a lot of theories going around for WrestleMania, right? There, we were thinking, oh, Roman and Rock. Well, today Dave put out a report that, uh, you know, it's not looking right now. It's not look. It, it seems less likely that we're going to be seeing the Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. Obviously, things can change, but from the from from right now, maybe don't maybe don't put your eggs on that basket. If you were hoping to see it, maybe don't get your hopes up, type of deal. Okay. The other option, the big one, Roman Cody is another one. But given that the best storyline, everything that has been the thing that we've been talking about is Roman Sammy. I think Sammy Zayn needs to win the Royal Rumble. He's officially my pick for the Royal Rumble. I think that, uh, I don't know, man. I have a feeling. I'm not too sure, but I have a feeling like if it comes down to, for example, Sammy and Cody, let's just say, let's just say it's Sammy and Cody, the final two in the Royal Rumble and Cody Rhodes wins. I have a feeling people are going to turn on Cody Rhodes. And I'm not saying that we don't like Cody Rhodes or we don't love Cody Rhodes or this and that, but because Sammy Zayn has gotten to the point that he is at right now with this story with Roman Reigns, I think it needs to be Sammy Zayn. If not, like don't put him in the Rumble. If you're not going to have him win the Rumble, don't put him in the Rumble. If he's in the Rumble, Sammy Zayn needs to win this match. And that's it. That's where I'm at. Sammy Zayn is my pick, guys. I officially made a pick. I'm sticking with it. I'm not going to change it unless I really, unless something really causes me to change my mind. It's Sammy Zayn right now. And I do think we need to see Sammy Roman WrestleMania. Where are you guys at on all of this? Theories. And think about this too. I mean, the, the storyline has already been great, but also think about like we have you know, X amount of weeks until WrestleMania 39. Uh, so think about all the good storytelling that they could do between uh, even better story. How do I word this? Even more, a surplus more of storytelling uh, between Rumble and WrestleMania. So that's where I'm at. Let's see what people are saying here. Uh, so we got a super chat here from Sam Pyboon who says, hey, Denise, The Rock will be on Raw this Monday night or, Ro or Royal Rumble after Roman Reigns beat Kevin Owens. He beats Kevin Owens or Royal Rumble match. Um, like I mentioned right now, it seems a little bit less likely that we're going to be seeing The Rock get involved in WrestleMania. At least that's where we're at right now. Again, that's still not a for sure, for sure thing. But I don't know, guys. The vibes that I'm feeling from the universe are kind of telling me no. <laughs> that's what I'm basing all of this off. But no, for reals, I felt a lot stronger about the possibility of seeing The Rock and Roman um, at WrestleMania. But then now recently, I'm thinking maybe it's not going to happen, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until Raw, like at Raw 30, at Raw 30, I feel we're going to know a lot in terms of, you know, once we find out whether or not, as you know, they're doing the whole acknowledgement ceremony thing. I think we're going to find out then whether or not he makes a mention of The Rock is going to be a huge indicator of where they're at on all of that and maybe whether or not we can expect to see him or not. You know, I just don't know anymore. Uh, but thank you so much to Sam Pai Boone for sending in uh, that super chat. Um, so let's see what people are saying about this whole thing. Um, let's see what people are saying about my theories that I had. Let's see if we have any uh, good comments. This is from YT who says, that would make sense. Roman already turned on Paul once, so he probably feels for Sammy. Okay, let's see what else we got. Christopher here says it would be cool to see Sammy Zayn win the Royal Rumble. Um, let's see what else we got. YT predicts. He says, it sounds like The Rock is trying to throw us off the scent. I think Rock shows up at Rumble, but not in the Rumble match itself. That's a prediction from uh, YT. Raphael says, I'm very, very interesting prediction, Denise. I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, this is from therealnick.com who says they're not going to try and ruin Cody's face push since they're so low on baby faces. There is room for raw main baby face Cody and a SmackDown baby face in Sammy. And we got Keith Duran who says Sammy deserves that uh, Daniel Bryan push. And um, Whitey says the rock is saying he's not in shape and that man is always in shape. He's trying to throw us off. So let me correct this. Okay. I've been seeing a lot of people say like, Oh, how come the rock is saying he's not in shape. He doesn't mean like not in shape in terms of he doesn't look good. He is talking about like in ring shape guys, like in ring shape is, you know, obviously different from like just looks wise. 
looks like he's he's a lot older now guys like the rock's older he's he's i think he means in ring shape so different from him and how he looks on the outside right uh, so just a little bit different that's i saw a lot of people kind of talking about that but i think that he was definitely talking about in ring shape uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho, who says, just showing some love. I'm listening from underneath a welding hood. Hashtag Friday Night Lights. Okay. Thank you so much, Heidi Ho. I appreciate you showing the love. Seriously, I do. Um, okay. So um, I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for sending that in. And so that is where I'm at with my whole theory in regards to the bloodline, and bloodline Roman, and everything. Okay. So now let's go ahead and jump into, um, let's go ahead and jump into the Firefly Funhouse. Let's get into all of this now, because this is, um, I think the thing that had a lot of people going, okay, we're going to this now. And I'm curious to see, I know what Twitter's reaction was to this. I'm curious to see what the chat's reaction is to this, but we do got a super chat here from Steven Marchuli. Thank you so much to Steven who says, if Rock versus Roman happens, who's going over? Um, if Rock Roman happens, I would like to see Roman get the victory. Yes, my my pick would be Roman. Yeah, I think it would just have to be Roman. But that's my pick. Let me know in the chat what you guys think. Thank you so much to Steven. Um, okay, the Firefly Funhouse. So we get Ellie Knight who goes out there, has a quick match, defeats uh, Jones in a squash match. Um, afterwards, uh, Bray Wyatt's screen, Bray Wyatt's uh, symbol pops up on the screen, and we end up getting the Firefly Funhouse returns. It is back. Um, so, there was some funny stuff in this. So Bray Wyatt, first of all, is like doing something. He's like fixing something or whatever, and the camera it starts off showing his butt, and then it moves, it pans up. And but his butt, he's supposed to be showing like BCA butt crack alert. He's supposed to be showing his butt crack. I hate saying butt crack on the air. <laughs> but anyways, he's supposed to be showing it. But instead, they have his logo covering it up. So it's kind of funny. Uh, so he's got the, the plumber thing going. Um, but he comes in, he welcomes us in into his fun house. It's back. And, uh, you know, he's talking to all his little buddies in the Firefly fun house. And there was some really funny stuff in this because he makes fun of uh LA Knight's name. Thank God. I kind of got irritated that like nobody, I'm sorry, but it's such a dumb name. <laughs> I agree with Bray Wyatt. Who the hell wants to be called Los Angeles Knight? <laughs> Seriously, that's the way he said it. LA Knight, Los Angeles Knight. Like, come on, come on. Who wants that name? Nobody here would sign up to get that name whatsoever. Can you imagine this? You're signed to the WWE. You get your big moments. You tune in. Christopher, Christopher, whose name I just saw in the chat, Christopher, you get signed by WWE, you show up and they name you LA Knight. I would be bummed. Anyway, so thank you to Bray Wyatt for bringing this back up because I've had a gripe with this name for the longest time. But and I'm from Los Angeles. And I didn't like the name. My God. Um, anyway, so He's right. Thank you, Bray Wyatt. Uh, after this, there's a funny part where his rabbit says that he likes LA Knight and says that the LA Knight, that LA Knight, excuse me, is like the Miz, but with muscles. Poor Miz. Miz is always getting, um, Miz is always finding himself at the, you know, the butt of the joke, always. Um, so afterwards, we get an Uncle Howdy video interruption on one of those really old uh tvs you guys remember those really old brown big thick tvs i still have one by the way my grandparents have one in their garage um so on one of those uh we get the uncle howdy video and then afterwards uh he just says that bray needed a little bit of a push and then we come back to bray wyatt and bray wyatt essentially blames ellie knight for opening the door and having to deal with whatever happens from that so here's my thing and i'm a little bit i don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or even an opinion i don't know so my whole thing with this is i do not mind the firefly funhouse being back because it there's a lot of you know it there's been so many fun fun versions not versions but fun there's been so many fun additions of the firefly funhouse that we have seen However, with that being said, 
I thought that when Bray Wyatt came back and we had this whole, you know, piece the puzzle with the white rabbit stuff and the QR codes and this and this and that, I thought we were going to see a new character, um, something completely different. And I know what the Firefly Funhouse looks like. I know what the Firefly Funhouse is. And I feel like we're just going back to the same thing. And so that's where I'm wondering, like, I don't know, like, I'm, I prefer this, to be honest, I do prefer this over what we've been getting the last couple of weeks with Bray Wyatt. But at the same time, I was expecting something different, something new. And I feel like right now, I haven't gotten anything that's really new. So personally, that's where I'm at right now. And also, thank goodness that Michael Cole finally said on commentary that we have no idea what the pitch black match is. Because this whole time, I thought that they just didn't want to tell us. So finally, I'm glad that they acknowledge that they don't know what the pitch black match is either. Um, but there you go. Let's see what we are saying. And I knew you were going to say this. Christopher says, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't like that name, Denise. Exactly. Can you imagine? Think of whatever your hometown is right now. Your hometown, wherever you're from, I don't know, Fresno, California, you'd probably be Fresco Knight. <laughs> All right, that's really bad. Um, but there you go. Like, um, for me, I just want to see something different, but I do prefer this over the previous stuff that we were getting with Bray Wyatt. So thank you so much to Brandon Rosen, who sends in a super chat saying, I'm sorry, Denise, but none of what Bray Wyatt does make sense to me anymore. The match with LA Knight had better be good. Uh, it has to be because, again, we don't know the rules to the pitch black match. We don't really know much of anything that's going on with the pitch black match. So it could either bomb and be terrible or it could be really freaking great. It's one of those things where you really don't know because we don't have anything. Again, we don't know if it's going to be a cinematic match. Are these guys going to be blindfolded? Are the lights going to be down? All we know is someone's going to win by pinfall or submission because that was already said. Um, that's it. That's all we know right now. So that's where we're at. Uh, but thank you so much to Brandon Rosen for sending this in as well. Um, okay, so... Now let's go ahead and get into the um, the tournament here. So as you guys know, we are having the uh, tag team title tournament. Um, and God damn it. Oh, there it is. Oops, sorry, guys. I didn't mean to say get frustrated here, but I literally screenshotted this so that I could make sure to put put it in this to put it in this show. And then I threw it away in the trash. And so now I have to bring it back. Okay, here we go. Okay, so we got the tag team title tournament here today, and I kind of want to go over this uh, all together because it doesn't make sense to really separate it. But I do want to say this. I thought that the way that the show flowed today with the um, with the uh, the tag team tournament, I thought it was really good. There was a lot of great stuff. A lot of the first round matches that we saw, I thought were pretty spot on. So here we go. This was the uh, bracket that we had. So today we saw Drew McIntyre versus, uh, sorry, we saw Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, the Banger Bros, against the Viking Raiders. Then we saw Los Lotharios versus Hit Row. We also saw the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. And then we also saw the Maxim Maximum Male Models versus Legado del Fantasma. So now let's talk about how these matches actually went. So the um, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Viking Raiders match was honestly currently one of the best Viking Raiders matches that we have gotten in a hot minute here on SmackDown because one of the issues that I've had with the Viking Raiders as of late is that they have made them very cartoonish. Prior to their, uh, they had a little bit of a period where they were away. Prior to that, they were just in these really nothing throwaway matches with Los Lotharios that didn't really mean anything. So they really weren't doing the Viking Raiders justice. And I was just talking about this on a previous show where I was saying like, man, I was always such a big fan of the Viking Raiders and they took so much of that away. But not today, not today. They had an awesome match here. Um, this was definitely, I would say, maybe my 
first, maybe second match, a favorite match of SmackDown tonight because it was really good. They just went out there. They actually let them um, really go at it. There was a moment where Drew went for the Claymore, but Ivar got him with a spinning heel kick. That was fun. She Seeing Sheamus and Eric just go at it, clobbering each other, that was really fun too. Um, Ivar doing the splash off the top rope. Sheamus hitting him, uh, hitting uh, Ivar with the kick to... Um, eventually get the win he then gets uh the 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 bro kick gets the win on this actual match it was really freaking good this was definitely what we need to see and what keeps the tournament actually feeling special so anyways the banger bros they move on in the tournament after this we saw hit row versus los lotharios now i cannot say the exact same thing about this match. I actually have a lot that I want to dive into in regards to this because um, pretty much every first, I would say, well, there was four first round matches. Two of them were really good and two of them were not good. This was one of the ones that was not good. Um, this was a less than three minute match. They didn't, we should have known what they saw and thought of this when those Los Lotarios didn't even get an entrance. Um, Angel and Alberto, they hit uh, two double suicide dives, but B-Fab ends up grabbing the leg of Angel Garza, and this allows uh, Ashanti the Adonis to essentially go in and row Garza up and get the victory here. Now, hit row advances. Great. They were the ones I figured would advance in this tournament. But here's my but. Uh, I tweeted out that I thought that Los Lotarios deserved better. Now, I didn't just mean tonight. I didn't just mean them getting the win. I didn't even I didn't even mean them getting the win. I didn't think they needed to get the win here. It's clearly Hit Row has been the team that's been featured. It would make sense for Hit Row to win. With that being said, the reason why I tweeted that is because I really do think that they're wasting them away. They haven't done squat, man, with Los Lotharios. They haven't done squat. And I've seen, I like, Angel Garza is so entertaining to watch. The amount of charisma this man has. Uh, he has more charisma than all of us here together in one little pinky. Now, granted, I don't know everybody here individually, nor your charisma levels, but I'm just trying to get the point across. Um, the man is very talented. And I get bummed out about this because I'm like, this is the same thing we're constantly seeing. Why do you guys just put them in a bubble? They're in a bubble. They can't burst. Um, I feel so bad, but they need to do so much more with this team. Um, they're just there. They're just there. It really sucks. And I, there's room. There's room for there to be for them to be a hot tag team. There's plenty of room to build, continue building up this 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 tag team division. And there's this is honestly a pretty. I would say that this the SmackDown tag team division. I'm a bigger fan of than the Raw tag team division. Yeah, I yeah. am. I think about it because there's a lot of teams that I really enjoy here, but. I feel so bad that they're kind of wasting them away and not doing anything. Like they don't even give us a chance to take them seriously. We all knew that we all knew that Hit Row was going to win. We all knew this match was going to be a nothing match, jobber entrance, less than three minutes or whatever, three minute match. Give us an opportunity to care about these guys. That's all I ask. Give us an opportunity to care about these guys on the show. That's what I meant by Los Lotarios deserve better. Anyways, so, and thank you. Everybody's agreeing. Fernando says, I agree. Los Lotarios are good to be, uh, are too good to be booked the way they have been. Yeah, man, it bumps me out. It's the same thing all the time. Just do something different. Come on. All right. Anyways, continuing on with this tournament because, man, Polar opposite side here, the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. This match was so much fun. Anytime we see the Brawling Brutes and Imperium together in the ring, uh, it's always a blast with them. Always a blast with them. Um, they all do really good work, and I was expecting to see. I honestly thought this might, I was 50-50 on this one. I thought they could have gone either direction, and either direction would have been perfectly fine with me. I just didn't know who would win. 
perfect. Why? Because both teams have been presented well. Both teams go out there and do get an opportunity to really shine. And so this was great. I love Butch, man. Butch is literally my favorite person to watch on SmackDown uh, in terms of like in-ring wise. He's one of my most favorite people to watch on this show. Um, so yes, they give this match, they gave this match respect in terms of time, in terms of, you know, just letting them go out there and do their things and being competitive. Um, we do see the Imperium uh, get the win here. Um, Imperial bomb for the win and they advance. Um, so there you go. That was that one there. And then afterwards, we got Maximum Male Models versus Legado del Fantasma. Another really fast match, but we saw Legado get the win, and that was pretty much expected. I don't think anybody was expecting poor Maximum Male Models as well. Um, so for the semifinals, we're going to be seeing Drew McIntyre and Sheamus take on Hit Row. And I'm clearly expecting to see the Banger Bros get the win. It would be an upset if Hit Row got the win over the Banger Bros. Um, Imperium versus Legado del Fantasma. I think it definitely has to be um, Imperium. It just feels like that's the direction that they would go in with this. Although if Legado del Fantasma got the win, that'd be freaking awesome too. Um, but I am expecting it to be the Banger Bros and Imperium in the finals for the Banger Bros to win the entire tournament and take on uh, the tag team champs. So that is where we're at with the tournament. And that was my little rant that I had for the day. Um, okay, so after this, the only other thing that we need to talk about on SmackDown is uh, the women. And that is Charlotte and Sonya Deville. So um, as we know, Sonya Deville wants another title opportunity. We all know this. And um, I want to say that Sonya is doing a really good job of because here's the thing, like Charlotte's supposed to be a baby face. Like I know we've talked about this before, but I know it feels doesn't feel as natural, but she's supposed to be a baby face in this. That's the way that I'm seeing this. And I think that Sonia is doing a really good job at, you know, getting heat from the crowd, doing a good heel. Like she's really good in this heel road so that it could be very clear that she's the bad guy and Charlotte Flair is supposed to be the good guy type of deal. So they're doing a good job with all of that. I think that Sonia is doing a good job of making us you know, want to dislike her, right? That's her job that she's supposed to do. She's doing a pretty good job. Um, Charlotte throws a little line and she says that she calls Sonia an entitled, entitled and arrogant. And she says, see, I'm not the only person, like I'm not the person here who's entitled and arrogant because that's some of the, the criticisms that Charlotte Flair has gotten. So she basically tells Sonia Deville, you know, focus on the rumble instead of trying to trying to jump in front of the line and she tells her okay fine uh this is the part that i didn't like because charlotte so sonia's asking for a title shot we know this she's made it very clear and then charlotte says fine i'll fight you right now to me that indicated that the title would be on the line Charlotte Flair knows Sonya Deville wants a title shot. And then she said, okay, I'll fight you right now. So for me, I thought it was indicated that that would be just giving her a title shot just to basically shut her up type of deal. But no. So then Sonya says, no, I'm not going to do this with you because there's nothing on the line for me unless the title's on the line. And to me, it was like, oh, I thought that was a given, but I guess it wasn't. So Adam Pierce comes out, he tries to lay down the law, but he fails. And instead, Sonya attacks Charlotte Flair from behind. And then Sonya and Pierce beef because they beef all the time. These two cannot see eye to eye with each other. The real money here is an Adam Pierce versus Sonya Deville because they have not been seen eye to eye for like the last, I don't know, year or so, maybe even more than that. Ever since Sonya uh, came back and she was doing the whole GM role, she and Adam Pierce have not seen eye to eye on anything. I mean, like these two are polar opposites. They will fight about Walmart versus Target. They're always going to be on polar opposite sides. Um, but anyways, with this, I think that, you know, they're doing the best with what there is right now with the SmackDown women's division. And this is definitely a huge improvement on where we were at previously with Ronda as champion. So I'll take this. We also got another video promoting Lacey Evans. Um, same thing with Lacey Evans, guys. It's one of those things where they had, I think there was something there, but now it feels lost. And I think they're trying to find it. They're trying to grab, grab it. I don't know if it's there, guys. Um, Lacey Evans has been more of a complicated character, I would say, in terms of, 
they just don't know what to do with her. They don't know what sticks. Nothing is working. Uh, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole again because I've gone down that rabbit hole numerous times here. I don't even need to do that again. Um, we also got a quick backstage segment with Cross and Scarlett talking about the Rumble and Rey Mysterio. Nothing much there. But that was pretty much the majority of what we really needed to talk about in regards to SmackDown. But it was a really good show today. Uh, again, the tag team tournament stuff. And the Bloodline stuff was really what kept this show going. So um, this was fun. All right. So now let's go ahead and get into uh, AW Rampage. This is going to be very short because I only thought that there was so much to actually talk about. And I only even want to talk about certain things because I felt like um, there were things that I just think that they need to continue to spruce up Rampage. And that's it's been very hard sometimes, I think. This was, I, I would put this, I don't know if I would put this on the better side of Rampage. There was some stuff. Because like even Jungle Boy, Ethan Page, like that was a fine little opener match. That was a fine little opening match. But I'm, I don't think that I'm necessarily too invested into the story right now with, uh, you know, everything that they're doing with, uh, with Jungle Hook. Like I like Jungle Hook and I'm interested in that. But I don't know if I'm too invested in what they're doing with Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. And... I don't think I'm really feeling this very much just yet, but I did like to see the little back and forth that we did get with Jungle Boy and Ethan Page. That was fine. But I do want to talk about this. And this next thing is the whole um, Ortiz-Eddie Kingston thing because I feel like maybe, okay, so Tony Schiavone comes out and he's interviewing Ortiz. I love Ortiz, man. I'm a fan. Um, so anyways, Ortiz calls out Eddie Kingston because He's upset that Eddie Kingston, you know, got so ahead of himself that he got on the verge of hitting a woman with a chair. And that was definitely not something that he could have. And he's scolding him. How did your mother raise you this way? And, you know, uh, he mentions homicide and tells him, like, what would he think of you for doing this? And so they're, you know, really upset here. And um, here's the thing is that this made Eddie Kingston not look good, right? You're not going to be like, here's the thing. Eddie Kingston's a popular guy. He's a popular character. People want to root for him. People want to cheer for him, but you can't really cheer for this guy when he's, when Ortiz is clearly making sense here and that you shouldn't be, you know, even tempted to hit a woman never even more so with a chair. Like, what are you thinking, bro? Right. That whole thing. So it was kind of hard to, I say, maybe, you know, it's almost like the crowd didn't really know like oh we really like Eddie we really like Eddie Kingston but uh we don't really we agree with Ortiz so it was kind of a little bit of a complicated I would say a dynamic it just didn't feel I don't know the dynamic it just wasn't there I don't know what it was but I did like um Ortiz getting some time to actually come out and speak and do something because uh as you guys know Santana and Ortiz are literally my favorite tag team Santana's still out with an injury but um they're literally my favorite tag team so I can't wait to see them come back and pick up where they left off of because I you know even before the injury I was always talking about how they should really be utilized more but I really hope when he comes back that you know things really take off for them and I feel bad because I feel so many other people have come and gone come and gone and they've sort of been forgotten about as a unit so I do feel bad in that sense as well so I hope we get to see them really come back and come back strong so I don't know I was definitely torn on um this whole situation with not really knowing where to go back with this so um all right and let's see what else we got here afterwards we did get Darby Allen essentially calling out the uh, house of black and challenging Buddy Murphy uh to a match on dynamite that should be a pretty fun one I'm looking forward to that one because Buddy Murphy is incredibly talented uh in ring wise phenomenal so this is a match that I do want to talk about. I'm very excited about this. Brian Cage versus Willie Mack. All right. So if you guys ever listen to my Impact pay-per-view shows that I did over on Fightful, um, like once every couple of months that I did them for the pay-per-views, uh, those ones, you will know that I'm a big Willie Mack fan, like big Willie Mack fan. I've been a fan of his for 
freaking years, okay? Like years. Um, when I first started really getting into the independent wrestling scene and, you know, doing discoveries and, you know, just trying to find out, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like, what promotions I was going to go to, what promotions I wasn't going to go to. Oh, there's this cool wrestling show. Okay, I'm going to go here. And I've said this before, but I would literally, like, I remember planning WrestleMania 32, yeah, WrestleMania 32. I remember WrestleMania 32 weekend uh, in Dallas. And you guys know for WrestleMania weekend, there's always so many events, right? And sometimes you're like, oh, shit, that show looks good. Oh, shit, but that one looks good, too. Oh, crap, I can only go to one because they're running against each other at the same time. So which show should I go to? My whole thing was I always go to the show that Willie Mack. If Willie Mack was on the card, that was the show that I picked always um anyway so i've always been a big fan of his and i think that he's finally getting an opportunity i i also got to see um throughout the indie scenes got to see him there but also um when i did get to work with our lucha i got to kind of you know see him even more there too and then um afterwards you know i've just kept seeing him everywhere impact wrestling triple a you name it going making the rounds making the rounds and going places and doing things and i always thought like I always wondered like why Willie Mack wasn't on a bigger scale given the the talent that he has in ring wise, right? Especially with a guy his size. It, it's a very interesting to see him do the things that he does for a guy his size. So he ended up doing the the dark match that I was at for the Los Angeles show. And he got a great reaction for that because you guys know he um, you know, is from Los Angeles. He represents South Central. And so he got a phenomenal reaction at the Kia forum and the match that he had with Brian cage. I thought was really good. I actually liked the dark match more than I liked this rampage match. And that's not to take away from this rampage match. I just really liked the other match too, but this one here was phenomenal. They let Willie show his shine. You knew he wasn't going to win because Brian cage is going into that match with Brian Danielson. So you definitely needed to see him get a win before that match with Brian Danielson. So it was clear that he was going to get the win, but this was still really fun. They had a really, some really good moments cage slamming him onto the ring apron. That was fun too. Um, I really, Brian cage gets the win, but I really do think that, uh, Willie Mack, I think he would be phenomenal if he were to be signed for I know AEW is already overflowing with guys. So I'm actually going to throw out Ring of Honor. I think that Willie Mack would be a phenomenal addition to ring the Ring of Honor roster. And I won't be surprised if maybe that's the direction that they're thinking in terms of uh, his future. And it will be well-deserved, guys. Well-deserved. And kudos to Brian Cage, man, because Brian Cage goes out there and he does the job, and I'm a big fan of his, too. I really like a lot of what Brian Cage does, and I think sometimes because, you know, we didn't get to see him on TV much, I think so many of us forgot what Brian Cage can actually do in the ring. We got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson, uh, from Sheldon Jackson, who says, uh, aren't Santana and Ortiz still beefing IDK about them tagging together again? Um, man, I don't even remember where we left off on that. Uh, and they yeah and so Santana right now is injured but I need to go back and like refresh my memory here uh thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending this in but I want to continue seeing both of them as a team like that's like they were my favorite team and the stuff that they did back in impact pre-AW days that was top-notch stuff man and I missed that period I really really missed that period so that's where I'm at with all of that. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and uh, move on from here. And let's get into um, this one here. I didn't like, and this was uh, Jade and Layla against Jada and Jordan Vanity. Um, this was, this was, this was more of a dark, I would say like a dark, dark elevation match. This wasn't a rampage match. I think there needs to be, um, you know, there's obviously a little bit of a different standard for Rampage, I would say, or there should be. I think this match was kind of just, um, you know, I know why they're doing it. I know why I was there. You know, Jade needs to keep getting, you know, her wins and all of that. And that's great. But there really wasn't anything to this match whatsoever. I thought this was actually the, you know, just not not good. Uh, Jade gets the win with her jaded thumbs up, but there really wasn't anything there to um, really be over the moon about. Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho was announced for AEW Dynamite. Uh, that should be fun. Okay, I'm here for that. I think that's going to be a good one. Um, 
And the match that I really enjoyed on Rampage today, aside from Brian Cage and Willie Mack, was Action Andretti versus Daniel Garcia. And the reason that I enjoyed this because, you know, we got to see Action Andretti have one of the biggest moments, you know, one of the biggest moments of like AEW, like AEW TV in terms of him getting that win over Chris Jericho. It was huge and unexpected and he got over with the audience. And then after that, we kind of just, you know, we've been seeing a little bit more of him. He got that big fireball to the face, which looked brutal to this day. Even when they showed the replay, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. And he really burned his whole face off. Um, That looked really good, actually. Um, But today was a little bit of a reminder in terms of, I think I realized like why Action and like part of the reason why Action Andretti really got over in that match with Jericho and watching this match today is like he really reminds me of a young AJ Styles. That is the vibe that I am getting from Action Andretti. He has young AJ Styles vibes and not in the way that it's like a copycat version. No, more in the way that maybe he might have been influenced. And to me, like, here's the thing, like you have so many high flyers and there's all these high flyers and whatnot, but he feels different. He feels like he feels different from Bandito. He feels different from like the young bucks. He has more of a different vibe. And I think that was part of the reason why, like, I feel like today I got to really kind of just like it opened my eyes to that. And so my whole thing at the end of this match was, man, I cannot wait to see action Andretti you know, really, we're going to get to see his rise, guys. Like, this is it. Like, we're going to start seeing his rise in wrestling. He's going to be one of the top guys in this business, period. He's going to get there. And we're seeing the rise right now. So it's been really cool to um, just get to see a little bit more of him. And I hope they keep it going. Like, I just want to see Action Andretti go out there and have all of these matches with a bunch of random guys. And that's kind of all I want. Literally, that's all I want. That's all I want to see. Um. All right, so... Um, that's where I'm at with, uh, all of that. Um, yeah, everybody's putting over, uh, Action Andretti. CC Funk says Action Andretti is a very good worker. Azen White says he sees that comparison. James Jones says he does. Good point out, Denise. Um, thank you. Thank you. Every now and then, every now and then I have a hit every now and then. Um, but yes. So there you guys go. That was SmackDown and that was Rampage for today. I seriously want to thank you guys as always. I know it's a Friday night. You know, some of us go out, have a life, but some of us here watch wrestling and then talk about it after. So thank you so much for joining me here today on this show. Uh, For those of you who do not know, I'm live three times a week. Tuesdays, I'm here to talk about NXT. Wednesdays is my most popular show of the week, and that is AEW Dynamite. And then Fridays, I'm here for my most chillax show of the week, and that is SmackDown and Rampage. And again, I will be back next week for all of that. And then after that, we're getting into Rumble Weekend, everyone. Rumble Weekend, I will be in San Antonio for all of that, so it's going to be crazy going to be crazy. I already know it. Um, but <laughs> Alexis Peace says too cold for a life. I feel you. Oh my God. Today I woke up early to go have breakfast. Um, cause I never get to have breakfast with my husband. Cause you know, he has to go to work, but this time it allowed us to have breakfast this morning. And I was dying. I was dying on the car ride. I could not cause this heater broke in the car. It doesn't work. I was dying. I was so cold. Um, but we made it. And then right now, uh, I ordered uh, Uber Eats and the Uber Eats guy did it. He delivered the food to the wrong address. So I went outside and I saw that the little picture, it showed somebody's welcome mat and my food was there. And I had no idea where my food was. So I was running out there trying to find the Uber Eats guy. I finally got in contact with him, but I was freezing. I didn't go out there with a sweater. I went out there like this. It's too cold right now. It's too cold. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I got to wake up early tomorrow, but thank you so much for being here. Have an awesome, awesome weekend. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye everyone. Take care.